Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Hagti. Today, I'm joined by Seth Estrada, founder of Mind Your Biz. How are you doing today, Seth? Hey, I'm doing great, Stephen. Thanks for having me on the show. Good man. I've just realized, because we're using Zoom and not uh, StreamYard, our videos are around the other way, which is very confusing for me. (laughs) It's it's like a first world problem, I know. Well, I mean, hey, if you ever ever come to visit me, you'll have the same problem behind the wheel, right? There we go. Where are we going? Practice. This is just practice. (laughs) Everyone's driving at me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What am I doing? I need to go home. Anyway, Seth, let me first and foremost ask you, what is it you do, man? Wow. It's a big question. It is a big question. But to sum it up as best I can, what I do is solve IT related problems for tech startups. And then more increasingly in the last couple of years, tech startups that are focused on blockchain and cryptocurrency. I hadn't anticipated that would be the direction my career would go. But in the 2017 cryptocurrency bull run, I found a huge opportunity for me with my background in tech training for sales and marketing. So Mm. Yeah, the ability to distill really complex concepts into a four or eight hour classroom for for clients like Microsoft or Google came in very handy at that time when people were trying to wrap their heads around yeah. questions like, what is Bitcoin? So <laughs> Is was, Bitcoin a scam? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, and, and yeah, finding short answers without giving official advice, yeah. right? without dealing in securities advice. Exactly. So that was... Yeah, was Surely the first thing you say to any client is like, just don't Google it. That's <laughs> all, you, all you do, just don't Google it and we're going to get on great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's about right. Isn't it true like the, the, the crate of Bitcoin doesn't even, is, is like unknown? Uh, correct. Yeah, correct. So there's some there, fancy so much Pokemon name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They uh, so the pseudonym is Satoshi Nakamoto right? yeah. for the, the creator of Bitcoin. And there are so many different theories right uh, regarding whether satoshi is a man or a woman or a group or of people even real or the nsa right? yeah so, it could even be a bot that's it's true some people believe that satoshi nakamoto is actually the consciousness that was spawned from the internet oh so, wow so but i'm just imagining this like 14 year old kid living his best life going hey i created this thing and i'm not going to tell i'm not going to tell my parents i'll get in trouble it's entirely possible. There's a cryptocurrency creator from, oh gosh, I'm going to, he's going to kill me when he finds out that I, I've completely forgotten where he's from. There's I'm going to purposely send him this now. Yeah, right. It's poor kid, Miles Manley. He's from the countryside somewhere. Uh, I think, I think on the West end and, uh, and he's, but this kid's brilliant and he got involved when he was 14 and yeah. has created this massive international movement and um, just thought you should know. Great minds, yeah. great minds come from your side of the world. I'm sure you're aware of this. Yeah, of um, course, of course. But but, but it is quite interesting. Just as that age-related topic comes up, how many younger people are starting businesses now, right? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I started young, but it was it was just like website and graphic design and, and selling CDs in a playground. Sure, this kid was flipping. I mean, he was flipping whole servers and and uh, computer systems by nice. that same age. And I mean, and then just. Uh, he's not the only one, like you're, like you're saying, the entrepreneurship yeah. barrier to entry. I mean, it's so low now. Mm. And so when younger kids, I mean, call them kids, you ask them, right? And they're like, I, when my I'm boss, living, uh... <laughs> living my best life at age 14. And yeah. you look on and think, nope, he's, that's true. He <laughs> they're he, living he a better life than I just bought seven Ferraris. Uh, he's doing good. Yeah. Ha- yeah ha- Instagram fame. That's, that's the goal, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Generational wealth that you can yeah. show off and maybe spend in your own lifetime. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Seth, when you've discovered this pivot, how did, how did that feel? And what did, and at, at that moment, did you go, Oh, this is something I can do it with, do something with, or was it much more like, Oh, I'm just going to do this one training and that's it. Wow. At the time it, it, it didn't even feel like a Hail Mary. It didn't even feel like it was something that I was doing intentionally rather mm. just kind of began to talk about publicly because it was a hot topic in the same way that, you know, that we, we mentioned, I think prior to the interview starting that everyone is talking about a few specific topics right now because yes. they're, you know, they're, they're world news. Bitcoin at that time, of course, was world news based on the price action. Mm. And so speculators came in and everybody saw it. I thought, okay, well, you know, what the heck topical conversation, I'll just publish some media on this, but I created something that was objective value by also having an accompanying spreadsheet that pulled in comparative data from around the world. And yeah, it, it just wasn't something that I really anticipated. So I, I rolled with that pivot when I saw, okay, the, the market is responding mm. and now I'm beginning to get offers from people who want to direct their investments in a way that requires some qualified input. So it was, it's really interesting. And these are, these are big names that you're working with, right? Uh, some, some, yeah, within the cryptocurrency scene. It's, it's kind of an interesting industry, though. So blockchain infrastructure, vis-a-vis uh, -vis mining, mm. it's the sort of thing that a lot of small to mid-scale or small to mid-capitalization investment groups would be interested in. You're not going to find, for example... Uh, whatever Barclays, they're not going to, they're not going to look for a consultant that will help them get into cryptocurrency mining, but you may find that there are groups of independently wealthy individuals who yeah. want to put together five or $10 million to start mining. And hmm. I was very much surprised that that became a customer avatar for me. I just hadn't anticipated that would be the case. And is, did that customer avatar come out because people were contacting you or did you go, Oh, actually these, that sort of niche person could be really good for this. Kind of both, right? As soon as I realized that it was, as soon as I realized that I was getting interest from these individuals and realized that this is something that they want to know more about, I had to start responding in kind and yes. saying, okay, well, if there's one here, they're, you know, they're like cockroaches. There must be 10 more that are, you know, once I turn the lights on somewhere else. You're never six foot away. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Or 10 meters. I don't know what the, I don't know what the distance is for the cockroach now but it's, I'm pretty sure it's probably quite close. Uh, there, there's some high net worth individual in the audience right now saying, hey, you just called me a cockroach. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Don't worry, I love you. Me. Please contact me and uh, we can do some work together as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm really curious about is how the conversation started with these guys because for anyone that isn't in that world, blockchain, cryptocurrency is still such a gray area, even though we've gone through like, what was it 2017 where it really just hit the media and then because prior to that it was like the nerds that knew about it right and and the, the small i like i i had peer coin and all that kind of stuff uh but then it then it hit mainstream media like you said so how was those conversations when you started speaking to those sort of high net worth individuals about blockchain and and the benefit it can be to them it's an interesting one i mean Stephen, first off you bring up that you were you were exposed to pure coin and, and perhaps had held some pure coin. I think you just outed yourself as one of those certified nerds. So oh, yeah, just, yeah, that's, that's great. First off, I, I, I've literally got saved tabs about home mining systems. Oh, great. <laughs> so, Whether I do it or not, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. 
mining is, I mean, it's a tricky, it's a tricky proposition, right? Especially mm. at home and even at the mid scale when you do source power and you're yeah. treating a bit like a business. So getting involved with anyone who's just starting and they have a business interest, right? They want to know the business case and they're mm. willing to hire a consultant to get them into that space. They're an interesting person, right? The person uh, that would hire a consultant to then spend between six, seven, or maybe even eight figures in uh, capital to get yeah. started, right? As, you, as you'd imagine, who spends that much? Well, somebody who's hot off the heels of another success, like fresh out of another business venture, yeah. where they have that capital to then spend. Maybe they're trying to uh, you know, avoid sitting on some gains for too long, so they want to turn it into the next venture. Mm. So yeah, they're, they're an interesting individual. Generally speaking, they're, they're very new to the technology, and they are operating with a lot of trust. So like with any uh, consulting relationship, the level of trust is, it's really, it's the only thing. It's yes, not even so 100%. much that they need to know you're an expert, but they need to know that they can, they can trust that whatever it is you say that they should do, mm. that they can move quickly based on your advice. And you find that there's a specific age group as well that are, that are keen to get involved in it? Not necessarily. Anyone uh, and yeah, pretty much. But I'll say that the younger the the investor, generally speaking, the more confident they they are in yeah. their ability to move forward with, with cryptocurrency or dismissive. It, it, they, mm. they just tend to be a lot more. Uh, maybe that they're maybe that they're a little more cocksure, right? They, because of the the folly of youth. But uh, maybe they don't actually have the hard skills that they should to feel yeah. that level of confidence. But it's, it's it's so interesting that you've really saw that potential of 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 building out this product as the consultancy approach because i'm sure over the years there's lots of people that do this now and i know a couple of blockchain consultants uh, but they do it quite they do it slightly differently in terms of competition then and and getting that getting those leads in and and becoming that brand of of expertise effectively how did you go about that entirely word of mouth Entirely. So publishing a bit of uh, a bit of content on YouTube to just show or indicate rather expertise. Mm. You can't blockchain and cryptocurrency or anything that's that's highly technical. Yes, you want to give away value. You do. But when it comes to giving away a significant amount of value, the way one might say in copywriting or the way one might say in any other social media or digital marketing pursuit yeah. where you know that you have to provide a lot of value, maybe on the order of, of a 10x what you know you're going to close in business. If you do that in cryptocurrency, generally speaking, you wind up slitting your own throat because of the number of people who get involved, not selfishly, but uh, with extremely lean means. Mm -hmm. And so they find every bit of available media and say, okay, well, this guy's got it figured out and I'll just do what he did. And now I have a unique advantage and I do not need to contract his services. So indicating expertise and mm. indicating some success, it's, uh, it's kind Balancing of, out. yeah, yeah. Without, without pulling the wool over anyone's eyes, right. Uh, creating a false image of, of mm. expertise. You have to still just indicate, well, I've worked with these clients and we've had results X, Y, Z. And so we can do the same for you. Yeah. So like classic positioning, and then yeah. there must be a huge amount of education into it, though. There, there is actually uh, quite a bit because you have, as you as you indicated before, there are some clients who come in, and that customer avatar mm. of a necessity they don't know enough; otherwise, they wouldn't be hiring you. So, education is key at every step of the way. Yeah, exactly. For you, what 
within your business where's it what are you going to do with it where's this going you know new decade 2020 big year what's your plan oh man okay you're hitting me where it hurts because <laughs> as we've noticed with all kinds of markets just going crazy and with uh, blood gushing into the streets right it's like that scene from the shining Literally. Um, we yeah yeah in every market things have just gone a, a little mm. crazy but bitcoin is finding some some bottom support knock on wood um and yeah, there's an upcoming technological event for both Bitcoin and some other cryptocurrencies. If you're familiar with Bitcoin, then you'll know this thing called the halving is, it's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. So preparing for that, that is the plan. Preparing for a resurgence of interest and assisting mining operations that maybe already exist in optimizing their operations. That's yeah. kind of where I want to help you go. Do you often find that the, you know, like like at the moment, we've got the, the coronavirus going around. Do you find that situations like this are helping your business because people are maybe looking to do more, one, more people at, at home so they can find your videos and find your content and go, hey, maybe I should look into that blockchain thing uh, rather than being at the office all the time? Or is it, yeah. or is it gone silent for you? It's a, I mean, uh, there are fewer unqualified, right? Or fewer, yeah, if you're unqualified, Inquiries, I'll, mm. I'll say. People who are not interested in, in cryptocurrency right now are, are very much not interested in it. And people who have a financial interest in it are, they're desperate to find uh, answers moving forward mm. to help their business. So I think it's a bit of both. Uh, there's a really good sifting effect right now. Do you think um, in terms of blockchain itself, do you think there'll be a stage where every single business is involved in it at some stage, at some level? Yes, absolutely. And I think it may not have to do necessarily with cryptocurrencies or pure digital currencies. Mm. It may have more to do with something along the lines of supply chain management, um, or there may be some other uh, securities and, and token issuance. Yeah. How, how, how do we get to that step there? How do we get to that stage where it is literally in, entwined into a business? So it's almost like in a, in a startup pack, if you were going to start a business, the blockchain is there. That's a great question. There are a few companies that are doing great work in that field and that they're laying the foundation now in 2020. I mean, it sounds crazy, but uh, more than 10 years after this pseudonymous character that created Bitcoin, <laughs> right? Uh, more than 10 years after they've had any social relevance, we're literally just getting started in laying the foundations for that. So yeah. supply chain management on blockchain and then other business functions and government functions on blockchain that don't infringe fundamentally on people's rights and strike the right balance of mm -hmm. record keeping versus uh, versus sovereignty, right, of information, yeah. um, which is so important. That, that thankfully, the EU and and uh, and Great Britain are, are quite good at that, much better than the United States is. <laughs> it's a big deal, right? Privacy is a big deal. Yeah, so yeah. Fighting for it on every level. Is, people are is scared to email people in the UK. It's like, oh, well, under GDPR. understand the G GDPR rules and you'll be fine. Sure, yeah. It's like, you're still allowed to email people. Uh, at the same time, though, your your Gmail account, if if that's your email provider of choice, will automatically create a contact for them, and it's not perfectly GDPR compliant. Oh, good point. How come so, people don't know about that? <laughs> yeah, I, hopefully we don't say this. You know, make too many waves with that. I'm sure. That, <laughs> I'm sure Google is already facing a number of charges. You know, oh yeah, I'm sure they are. Plus, I always think if you're sending biz, business accounts from an at gmail .com address, although actually my business emails are, are hosted by Gmail, they're just not at Gmail account. 
Yeah. So it's the same thing. I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm the problem. There we go. I've said. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, It's> <laughs> right. Uh, though to your point, branding is a pretty big deal. Like, yeah, if you are sending an, an email with an at Gmail account, yeah, then then really, yeah, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> grow up, man. It's like the at hotmail.com days. Yeah, I've still got one of those somewhere. I was chatting to my girlfriend the other night and we were both saying, uh, what was like, what was the first email address? Mine was Stephen Haggerty 007 at hotmail.com. And I need to find, yeah, it's it's still going strong, I reckon. And I'm, I'm so curious. I want to try and hack, hack the login, discover my old, old email. In fact, if there's any hackers there that want to just hack my old login and and send it to me, that'd be great. Be careful. If there are any miners in the audience, they are well equipped to do so. There we go. St- Stephen Haggerty 007 at hotmail.com. It's all yours. Uh, just <laughs> if there is any outstanding PayPal in there or anything, just ping that to me and, and we'll, we'll call it quits. Um, so in terms of your brand then, like the mine your biz brand, is that your main focus or is this split up to a few different areas in your, in your, in your time? So mine your biz is the, the primary public brand at the moment and it is a multi-channel network. Technically, it's a, I'm just starting a podcast because of how well podcasts preserve the time of content mm-hmm. creators. I've got a, a small YouTube channel associated with it. I've got several other alternate publishing platform channels that are blockchain related. Um, but part of that has to do with testing features on behalf of the founding teams of those, of those, different, uh, those different platforms. So it's positioned me very well to have great conversations, in some cases, privileged conversations mm. with uh, with development teams around the world. And so I'm, I'm enjoying that. Mind Your Biz is the most visible offering there. And so I am putting a lot of time into that. Yeah. Uh, but as far as it being a resource for would-be cryptocurrency miners or investment investor groups who want to get into cryptocurrency mining, yeah, that is the contact point as well. Yeah, that, that's the, the, the start of the funnel. Yeah. Put it that way. Uh, not bad for something you just stumbled upon thinking, hey, yeah, this could be pretty good. Yeah, I'll say 2019 was was phenomenal uh, yeah. in in terms of crypto, cryptocurrency mining. Notwithstanding the relative price, like inattractiveness of price action in late 2018, 2019 was still a great year. Yeah, and for you, you know, we, we touched upon the fact that you think blockchain is going to be involved in every single business at some point. But short term, what's going to happen with it? Wow. Yeah. Short term, I think right now. Black Swan events such as COVID nineteen, you'd we'd hope that nobody can see them coming. Uh, rather, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's, it's it just it turns everything on its ear, right? Yeah. We'd hope that the professionals that who matter, right, in in terms of crisis management and and dealing with these sorts of problems, we'd hope that they'd have better plans. And at the same time, we'd hope that it doesn't affect us so badly. But here we are. Yeah. So with cryptocurrency in the short term and blockchain in the short term. I think, again, we're going to see a sifting effect where there will be projects of relatively weak merit that will fall by the wayside, and Mm. rightfully so. And they probably should have been shaken loose when prices turned down in late 2018, but they've been sort of clinging on for dear life. This should just put them away. So we'll see Yeah, projects that are without merit, hopefully completely disappear projects that do have some merit even though it may not have been what the traditional uh the traditional classification for them was mm-hmm. vis-a-vis bitcoin right everyone's saying it's a store of value well what did the bitcoin price do in the last three weeks <laughs> it's clearly not a store of value 
So uh, and certainly not pegged to anything as meaningful as say yeah. gold or precious metals. And then same with it being a unit of exchange, some kind of fast, meaningful unit of exchange. Well, it's really not as easy to work with as something like cash, right? If you've got, uh, if you've got five quid in your pocket, you know it's good everywhere. It's perfectly fungible. So projects like Bitcoin really don't replace cash. So answering some of those questions moving forward, Bitcoin isn't going to disappear. And mm-hmm. similar projects, they're not disappearing. So reclassifying them into their most useful purpose and then working with development teams and the broader community that's going to support it through mining and, and then, of course, through building other yeah. platforms and, and tools. Yeah, I think there's a lot of work to be done in the near term. So those projects that do remain, I think it's just going to be a joy, an absolute mm-hmm. pleasure to work with those projects. Although, you know, you touched upon replacing cash, cash there. Eventually, do you think it will? No, no, I don't. Never. And I sincerely, I, I hope it doesn't ever. And here's okay. why. I think a cashless society is a dangerous society. And if that does happen, so we'll put this in simplest terms, if, if we do push for a cashless society, then even cryptocurrency can become uh, a, a bit of a poison pill to privacy, mm-hmm. where we know, for example, the IRS here in the United States, they have the means, technological and financial, to de-anonymize Bitcoin. Mm. If you use Bitcoin, I'll put it this way, the it loses its shine if it becomes yes so if bitcoin proper specifically if it becomes the replacement for cash we're no longer private yeah so it's well, really then, no then something else will just replace it right there's there will always be something that will fuel the the privacy side of it well, I hope so, but at the same time, I don't know that that's borne out in people's uh, in practice, right? In people's mm-hmm. actual behaviors. So, user behavior would have to change quite a bit mm-hmm. for something like Bitcoin to functionally replace cash. So that's why I say I think if there's any way, it, it, even if we do move to something that is that has intrinsic value, a lot of precious metals, I think here in the the United States prepper community and and internationally, but especially here in the United States, we have pre-1964 uh, silver dimes, right? That are yeah. 30%, 30% silver by weight. And those are just, I mean, they're amazing because you can carry a lot of silver in a, a small amount of space and they're much more divisible than, than other forms of currency. So mm. I think hard currency that is, that is portable and fungible, I don't think there's ever going to be a, yeah, I don't think there's ever going to be a, a time when we yeah. don't need that. It's it's such an interesting one though, just to look through the generations about how we deal with money as well, because you know my my parents, for example, always have cash on them, and I never have like physical cash as in you know those five pounds in your pocket, and I yeah. never carry cash. I can't even remember the last time I had actual money in my pocket. It is just, and I don't even keep all my. I just have a curve card, which is like all my cards on one, uh, and it's just amazing about now. You know, I think if I was 10 years younger, I'd probably be way more into the crypto space than I am now because it, ju- it is just a generational, it's a generational currency effectively. I think that's probably true for the, for in large part, that's probably yeah. true. It's definitely easier than ever to put a cryptocurrency wallet on one's phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I mean, I now got to ask Stephen, do you have any cryptocurrency wallets at all on your phone? I've got Wirex. Okay. Oh no, that's right. a not. That's not a wallet, though, is it? No. Yeah. No. I. I. I don't have a wallet then. Okay. 
All right. I then, used to, but then I think I've lost the login again. I'm going to leave you a challenge here. I'm, I'm going to make your life just a little bit difficult for a day, but hopefully better after all. Um, <laughs> so look up some cryptocurrency wallets. I think some good starting points would be one uh, like Coinomi. Yeah. And then there's another one. It, it supports many different cryptocurrencies, very easy to use. And then another one that's a, a little less obvious is the Cash App. Okay. By, yeah, by, by Jack's, Jack's company, the, the CEO of Twitter. Yeah. Jack's company, Square. So, but the Cash App allows you to buy and sell Bitcoin if you choose. Oh, yeah, but that's the same as Wirex. Sure. Sure. Is, it, is Wirex US or just UK? I, I might, it may just be UK. Yeah. It's, it's basically the same thing. Um, it's, it's like similar. To, it's more, it's just, uh, I even have my little Wirex card here. Okay. Little. Oh, wow. There, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> then, uh, I think, but again, it's more wallet to look at then. Yeah. No, look at Yeah. I'd say think... look at one called Zellcore. Mm. And that is, uh, that's by a company that was, again, founded by a 14 year old Brit. <laughs> I need to get these 14 year olds on the podcast. That's what I need to do. He's slang. I'll give you the intro if you'd like. This yeah, yeah that'd be amazing. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. That, it's, uh, but, uh, I, I just have this, and I know my listeners do as well. It's just this, this fascination with the crypto space because it's like anything. If you don't know the whole story, you want to know more. It's like a really good, it's like making a murder on Netflix. Like we don't know the whole, we don't know how the whole story, but I binge watched all those episodes in within 24 hours. Right. Yeah. This is like right. crypto space. I want to know more. And for me, it's like, how do you find the good information versus the, if you Google it, it's just going to come up with a hell of a lot of bad news. Mm. Yeah. That's a tough one. Even, even great time to plug your YouTube here. Yeah, sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> I would say start with mine, your dot biz. So the two possessives mine, your dot biz. There we go. So that's, that's the springboard for, for all of the other media channels. But yeah, I'd say if you just, if you do Google or even DuckDuckGo, if you're a privacy fan, mm -hmm. If you uh, use a, a search to find any kind of crypto news, yeah, it's going to be depressing. And you're going to find yeah. a mixed bag, even with the dedicated crypto news outlets. Uh, I've dealt with several of the journalists in that space. And while some of them are well-meaning, you know, they're, they're paid to sell clicks. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And bad news sells better than good. And yeah. even in the crypto world. Oh, yeah. Especially so, in the crypto world, right? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, probably more in the crypto world, actually. Yeah. Unregulated like, market. You could go in there and say, oh, no, the sky is falling. And behind them, some guy worth uh, whatever, worth $10 billion, literally, yeah. is saying, all right, sweet. I just acquired whatever, uh, you know, more of my portfolio at uh, pennies on the dollar. Mm. But that's, that's, what ha that's effectively one of the things that happened in 2017, wasn't it? It was lots of rich, bit, rich as in Bitcoin rich um dropped and sold coins and made the market just go crazy yes yes and as an unregulated security at that time rather as a largely unregulated market anyway mm. yeah they there was nobody to stop them and there frankly still isn't no i would just love to have been, i just imagine there's like this whatsapp group or the secret group like a telegram group or whatever of all the like the richest bitcoin people in there going right we're gonna fuck this up this this year <laughs> Let's drop all, let's just sell everything. It, and then when it drops, we'll yeah. buy it all back. It's probably almost exactly as you described. And they yeah. probably, yeah, speak about it in exactly those terms. Exactly, yeah, yeah. When we get those guys on, when we get, and it's like not, there's not a face, it's just a question mark. 
And it's yeah. like, hey, man, let's talk about that. But Seth, listen, I've really th- thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Look, my last question to you is, if you could give three tips for anyone that could, you, could use blockchain within their business or, or that sort of topic, what would those be? The top tip would be to get involved in Bitcoin, regardless of price action. Don't be concerned about price action and just get involved, learn to understand it, period. Because the price, if you look at it, will give you a heart attack. That's number one. (laughs) Number two would be if you're interested in business and business functions, pay attention to what uh, the overstock.com family of of companies, rather the the Medici group, Mm -hmm. they're an investment group that funded overstock.com and then funded a cryptocurrency project called Ravencoin. Pay attention to what they're developing because it may affect some of your business functions and you may be able to adopt their code base into your business functions sometime in the next 12 to 18 months. So if, if you're a business person trying to build a platform, yeah, they have really great boilerplate for you to start with. Brilliant. And then the third tip would be uh, if you have further questions and you want to build out infrastructure, hire a good consultant. And that brings me on to my last question. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, Seth, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, best way would be to contact me directly at mineyourbiz at protonmail.com. There we go. Biz spelled B-I-Z. Correct. Because, you know, you're, you're trendy and you're hip yeah. and you're cool. And just yes. the last point I just want to point out is that Seth's business has got the word genius in. So, you know, if, if <laughs> yes. you're dealing with anyone, you should be dealing with Seth. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind, Stephen. <laughs> no, Seth, thank you so much for coming on Founders365. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm sure you will get a few questions from everyone. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. This has been Founders365.